1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on uh, another Wednesday night. And thanks to Kevin Hillier on a, an interesting show, fast-paced show with a lot of live sport uh, happening tonight. And uh, no Vinny Venezuela tonight. He's still on annual leave. Um, we had a bit of a stuff-up last week, but, uh, you know, Carlos approving two annual leave forms. <laughs> and uh, But Warren is back um, by popular demand. G'day, Warren. G'day, Rodrigo. It's great to be back <laughs> yes. after having a little bit of a break. I actually, uh, you know... It was overtime that I missed out on. I actually did the I did the normal segment, you did, you the did. normal show, and it was the overtime that was a bit of a stretch for me last week. So, with all due respect, no, no, with all due disrespect, <laughs> no, no, now you're as Carlos often says, yes. it wasn't he him approving annual leave. Mm. It was just not telling us about the overtime. You run your own little thing anyway there, Warren. I do. Um, hey, Carlos, g'day. Hello, Rodrigo. And uh, you know you've made it in radio, Warren, <laughs> when after 23 years, the talkback callers on Friday night are ringing looking for you. Yes. Because <laughs> I oh, wanted actually, to remind you was, about yes. the Melbourne victory. Yes. And the, the way cracks. you went to town. Yeah, the cracks, yep, yeah, all that yep. garbage the week before. Yes, yeah, yeah. Didn't that turn around on you? I was actually, it was actually out for dinner at the Balnaring hotel and happened to check the score and when it was three nil after what 35 minutes or so i'm thinking it's probably good that i wasn't in the studio (laughs) so so, we had callers looking for you good luck to melbourne victory fans i mean there's cracks it's just a matter of now whether the cracks have been covered over. In fact, I'm going to invite our listeners to wait for Warren outside the studio tonight. That's happened once before, Carlos, and you know when it happened. No, we went out with a big... Our entourage had to go out That's with That's when you had to go out the Greek soccer team after they won not, the Euro. In fact, you played a big part in that that night. <laughs> okay. You're ridiculing <laughs> the Greeks in nine in 2004. defensive, boring football. No, you football. said, how did they get there? You thought there was match-fixing going on the whole thing. And... <laughs> Our Greek friends didn't yeah, appreciate they did. it. No, they didn't. I'd actually but we didn't redeemed ourselves, didn't we? A couple no, no, of weeks you've ago. never redeemed yourself. No, last I, week we I, did. Yeah, of course. With Ulysses Kokonos. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Our Greek friend, friends. Yeah. Unpre- unprecedented. Unprecedented. Uh, listens to our podcast, by the way, yep. yeah, on that one. They're, They're still listening. Still listening. No, I'll never forget that day. There was just definitely a spring in our step as we were walking <laughs> to our cars that night. But anyway, <laughs> big, big show for you tonight uh, with thanks to Premium Sport Tours because nothing beats being there. If you're going overseas uh, and you want to take in a sport event, Wimbledon, Euro 2016, EPL, La Liga, Serie A, any type of sport anywhere around the world, call one 800 sport which is one 800 or check out sporttours.com.au. John and the team at uh, Premium Sport Tours will absolutely look after you. Uh, And uh, thanks to them for being a sponsor of the Diego's. Hey, uh, we've got a big show for you tonight. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath. Warren's rant, which he's formulating uh, probably in about five minutes' time, um, is happening as well. So big, big show. And we've also got Rodrigo's Q&A. It's 10 past 11. Yes, on a Wednesday night, it is a bit of a disco inferno. Hey, Warren, before we get into the Q&A, because, you know, the Q&A kind of lasts the whole show, <laughs> what is the hot topic tonight? The or hot not? topic tonight mm. is on the back of an article written um, in the leader newspaper today. It was today. about you. No, it, well, <laughs> it was all about you, that article. <laughs> For full disclosure, I did contribute because as well as doing this as a part-time gig, I am a full-time parent who has a daughter... <laughs> good, that's pl- good well, hear. no, my wife doesn't actually Well, that's right. Your parents, <laughs> your, your kids and your wife yeah, says yeah. you're a part-time... Yeah, no, I'm definitely... You're actually a, a casual parent. Yeah, I am, to be fair. I just thought I'd pump myself up a bit. 
But uh, there was an article in the leader newspaper by um, a young journalist called Damien Radcliffe that talked about the huge variation out there with regards to the amount of fees that kids are paying for soccer. And I mean, the article highlighted the fact that we can get some clubs charging around $250 to $280, up to $2,000 for kids to play soccer. And I'm just wondering, in the midst of the competitive nature out there, are we paying our parents, our, our people that are working and parents, are we paying too much for our kids to play the game that they love? And long term, is that going to have an impact on participation and the best kids coming through. A lot of people out there are saying it's a no-brainer answer that they are paying too much. But the question that was, of course, this went out on Twitter today. Uh, the article went out. It's a leading newspaper article. I'm not sure about the title, but it's Daniel Radcliffe. Dan- Damien Radcliffe. Dam- Damien Radcliffe. Yep. He's uh, Harry Potter, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> Damien Radcliffe. He's a, he's a journal. Get on to it. It's a really good article, by the way. Uh, but there's a lot of responses to the tweets that went out. Of course, people saying, yeah, it's all too much. My kid can't play anymore. It's too expensive. But then we get getting all these uh, sort of replies in the tweets saying, well, if we, it was so expensive, why are clubs turning kids away? And why is, you know, is a sport bursting at the seams at the participation level? Mm. It doesn't seem to be affecting the participation here, Warren. So it's, it seems obvious to me that the answer to that question is, yes, they are paying too much, but we still have huge numbers. There's not enough grounds. Clubs are, are bursting at the seams. Um, you know, NPL clubs are thriving. The uh, the community clubs seem to have. You know, Port. How many how many uh, kids at uh, at uh, Point Five hundred easily, and that's a community club. Yep, it is. I mean, that's you get stories of those community clubs all over the place. Uh, so it's a really interesting question. It is a good question. Yeah, what you know, if the, if it was too expensive. Why we still got so many kids playing? Because at the moment, and the simple facts after he's done the article and he's done his research, is that you can get some clubs in the western suburbs that might charge two hundred and eighty dollars through to some clubs that are MPL clubs, and we're not gonna. I'm not gonna name names. I mean, we know the top end clubs are charging up to two thousand. Now, there's a reason for this disparity in terms of kits in terms of coaching and all that sort of stuff. But is that sustainable? And is that going to be well, a burden? Obviously it is, though. It's sustainable. Those in the clubs, short term. Those, well, I don't know. I'm, I don't see kids walking around. I don't see parents walking away from NPL clubs and, and not paying that money. And, in fact, they're paying more on top of that to go on tours and get outside training. I mean, some parents are paying five, $6,000. Parents will pay anything. And I think you'll find this in any sport, especially with the, with the international view, tennis, um, you know, basketball. Parents are paying huge amounts to academies out there to give their kid every opportunity to taste or have a pathway to elite sport. But I'm going to say this, Carlos. The cost structure in, in football, soccer can't be much, shouldn't be as uh, that much more expensive compared to AFL, compared to netball, compared to little athletics, compared to other sports that they're directly competing with. The cost structure is greater. There's no doubt about it in terms of baseline figure for membership and equipment and everything and coaching to But people are baseline. paying it, Warren. They are. People are paying it. That's the thing. That's that. That's the thing that defeats your argument right now. There might be the few gems that are missing out because they can't afford it, and they're elite. 
Yep. Uh, and we might in the sport maybe you're losing those, and we'll find those stories out later. I think it's all about. I mean, all about bringing new revenue streams into into the game, and, and you know the the governing body, the FFV, uh, you know, got a couple of initiatives like the community and business initiative and and other initiatives to try and help subsidise some of that. Obviously, the elite coaching is is something that you know. Um, people are paying for as well but um look if you if have your say tonight zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. it is a an interesting uh hot topic tonight um yes warren before yeah, i was we go just to gonna Bill. say the other thing for me is all around transparency that you want to know what you're paying for if you're paying the money now it can't be just this you know this sense of okay well there's coaching and this and this and this you actually have to have some transparency around the fees because they can provide that. Because I know that the FFE have a set amount for the affiliation of particular teams and how many teams in certain age groups. So transparency around the coaching and that sort of stuff. That's, and a, what that's the another issue. Will be, that's another issue. It is. That's another that issue about the accounting well. and the auditing of what's going on. Yes, that is the first question in the Q&A. It is the hot topic. Are we paying too much for our kids to play the game? Um, hey, Bill in Wallens called us on 9429-1116. G'day, Bill. Welcome to the Diego's. Hey, fellas. How are you? Yeah, good. Very good. How are you? Good listening. Hey, just quickly, um, as you know, I'm up in Wallen, though. Um, I know it's still over when you said there's 500 bursting for Sammy Point Cook. I know I'm at the other end of town, but there's no soccer club here. We've got towns around us. There's no soccer clubs there. I mean, my girls don't want to play for, um, AFL. They're pretty keen to kick a soccer ball around, but there's nowhere to take them, mate. Um, thanks. Bill... That's not a bad point. I know that there is a pretty thriving soccer club in Gisborne. I had to take my daughter up there a couple of times this season, and um, they seem to have a lot of teams playing. and they And they were travelling down to they were travelling down to um to Point Cook and all around. So they had lots of travel to do out of Gisborne. So that might be your best option. And they're a, a really good good club in a in a grassroots sort of area. But I think. Um, it's disappointing that obviously Wallen haven't, but Gisborne would be the place you could take your kids. Yeah, I mean, would Werribee be around that well, area too? Or, Wallen's or, or is fair, it more Ballarat? More yeah, Ballarat? It's, more, it's, it's more sort of Gisborne Kyneton. would be the closest, Kyneton possibly. Yeah, um, and I'm end. not sure. I know that a place like Dalesford, for instance, which yeah. Wallen isn't too far away, they have a soccer club that plays as well, affiliated Sunbury, in yeah, the Sunbury, Ballarat area. Yeah, but Sunbury's Sunbury would as well. Club. Yeah, yeah, huge club. Yep. Ballarat, we, we had a call the other night... Um, uh, f- from people from Ballarat, and uh, and I know for a fact that place is uh, going gangbusters yep. with uh, with and so is a place like place. Gisborne and that yeah. Sort of so stuff, I just so. think all that the western that western district area and Sunbury for sure it's yeah, long standing yep. club uh, yep. it was a great pedigree at that club. Thanks you call Bill. If you want to have your say nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Mark from Bentley here says parents will always go over and above mate and make sacrifices for their kids. They'll overpay for their kids. For my son to play. T2 Blast Cricket as a nine-year-old is $82 for the season. That's Mark and Bentley. Yeah. And look, and look, it, it really helps cricket and AFL to be subsidised through the TV, TV money that they get. Of course, those sports are very clever. They know that there's a bit of catch-up to do as far as maybe not so much cricket because there's a lot of kids playing cricket. But uh, we know that the soccer numbers or the football numbers and the ABS figures every year is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And from that point of view, people say that there's room for every sport, and there is, but there's not room... Uh, for the sponsorship cake for everyone. No. So the, the the sport that has more kids playing would, in theory, grab more of the sponsorship money at that level. Uh, even though the AFL do very very well uh, nationally with their with, you know with their NAB programs and the Australia Post programs that do finance and fund their kids programs. Yeah. Another one from Bill in Brunswick. If the kids are gem, the NPL club will. P- 
will pay if parents are unable. That's so right. Well, that's a, and that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, and, and look, the NPL clubs want the best players too. And I'm sure that there's ways of, uh, through scholarships or through some sort of subsidy, that they'll get those kids in yep. there. So you, you probably, I, I do, by the way, we, every, it seems like every final whistle we end up getting phone calls from parents complaining about yep. what they have to pay. But I, I keep on asking around and there's still clubs who are turning back kids. There's not enough room for kids in clubs anymore. So people are paying this for some reason. Obviously, they, they, they're either getting value for money or thinking it's their best way for their kid to get the option to, to, to grow along that elite pathway. Then it says, that's uh, cheap. Gymnastics costs us $4,000 a year and ballet 3000 Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. I can tell you, I, I haven't mentioned ballet those in tutus, my overall those, costs. Those tutus. But ballet, ballet um, <laughs> is exceptionally... Expensive? Challenging as far as... Oh, it's, it's costly. Yeah, 500, $500, $600 yeah. a term, yep. taking on two or three t- types of classes. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. I can't believe you're still doing it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it is the Q&A, isn't it? Um, hey, let, let's... let's um, we'll come back to your text messages on 0433981116 on the hot topic. But uh, some interesting news uh, throughout the week, and they kind of announced... Um, uh, Central Coast Mariners announced uh, this... During the game uh, last week, um, Louis Garcia is um, Liverpool and Atletico Madrid uh, player and Spanish champion. Uh, he hasn't played in over a year. He's been signed uh, to the Mariners. Uh, is this a good sign? Are you excited, Warren? I'm excited. Because How can you be excited about something? Famous, really? The famous 37-year-old hasn't run around in 12 months. The famous thumb-sucking yeah, goal right. celebration that's right. that's is what I back. Get, that's what I'm getting from everyone who's justifying his that he was a good player. Of course he was a good no, player. No, look, he was a great player. Hard to justify, Carlos. You can't justify He's play, it. He was player of the... T- I think he was player of the competition in the Indian, Indian Premier League, in, which... Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think you probably got a, could have got I a think kick. That, I think the title was most exciting look, player. I think it's really, I think it's really surprising that Central Coast watch him, and because he looked the most fit, <laughs> and he had his hair, the, his hair looks great. In the, he's still got a full head of hair. Yeah, yeah. The skull <laughs> celebration was excellent, yep. and he looked fitter than all the yep. other Masters guys playing. Yep. That he. Is on a marquee. But they were comparing him to Ned Zelich, his direct opponent, who's carrying a little bit of timber around the... <laughs> no, look, surprising. And look, for everything that Central Coast have done, which is go down a youth with the likes of Austin and there's a few other guys who have shown really good poise and promise, it's just whether this there's a financial imperative about Dragon guys, it's just disappointing that they weren't able to stick on a path yeah. of giving younger guys a go because you know what? They were good against. They were great against victory, playing a really exciting brand of football. Disappointing the following week. They were good the week before against Phoenix they at were. home. They were fantastic. Yeah. But you know what really gets me with this? It's like people are just too worried about criticising this. There's like they're all sitting on the fence at the moment. I've read articles saying, "Oh, you've got to give Central Coast Mariners kudos for." Uh, for trying this, they're trying something. You might as well bring Maradona out of. Uh, I mean, I saw Maradona sort of um, play a, a, a sort of a charity game the other day. I'll tell you what, he nearly had a heart attack. He's the soccer ball. Was yeah, he the yeah, soccer yeah, ball yeah. in the charity game? <laughs> in fact, they sort of they, they sort of nowhere near a tackle, so he can get forward and try and score a goal. I mean, if you if you're gonna try and get uh, just <clears throat> whip up a little bit of hype around something, get yep. Maradona, get. Get Zico, get, the, get these guys who've never, who haven't played. Get 60-year-olds. Get Pushkas back if he was still alive. 
get it's get ridiculous. all these get the guys who were champions in the sixties uh, and seventies. Bring them back. Yeah, no, because I don't think it's as, a great. That is, that is as you'll get you'll get the hype for a week, maybe two. We saw it's not like he will struggle like, to get a touch. It's not like now he Garcia will get a touch, but he's not a marquee in the sense of someone who's going to absolutely electrify us and make the team win games. And that's what disappoints me. We didn't learn from the Del Piero. Uh, experiment. We didn't learn from the David Veer experiment. You don't put these guys in a winning side number one, and they're, they're no good to you, really. They just they get a little bit of media, and then it just tapers away. That's all. It, that's what happens. Yes, mm. interesting stuff. Um, actually, Marcus in South Melbourne or, or Rodriguez uh, Macarthur. What was good? <laughs> Marcus, how are you going? <laughs> That's oh, good. Rodriguez McGregor. McGregor. MacArthur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I tell you what, that was a bit of a rant then, wasn't he? Be a sad man, wouldn't you? What's wrong with Louis Garcia going to Central Coast? He's 37 and he hasn't played in 12 months, mate. Oh, you would be the sort of guy <laughs> that would walk in to a wedding and tell someone their tire was flat. No, no, I'd be at a wedding and say, when, you know, when I say, does anyone uh, dis- uh, object to this uh, union? That would be me. <laughs> yeah, that would in be. In church. I object. It's happened fact, to me twice. In fact, I, I objected at your. Twice? Yeah, your first one. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, Rodriguez, I, um, I've got to say that uh, I think it's ridiculous, to tell you the truth. I mean, really. Uh, the guy, and by the way, when we say he hasn't played in twelve months, where he played prior was India, mm. and prior to that it was Greece, which is fine. It was with Panathinaikos that was fine, but it, that time he spent in India certainly wouldn't have got him out of first gear. Who would have thought that Liverpool Legends game was shop window football? <laughs> <laughs> Who would have I thought? Know, I know. I tell you what, Stevie Corica was best on ground that <laughs> night. By the way, why don't we recruit Stevie yes, Corica? Yes. Hey, yeah. thanks, Marcus. I really appreciate your call as always. Um, now I think it's time. No, not I think. It is definitely time for Warren's rant. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, you get up on a Sunday morning to watch <laughs> the most anticipated game in English football every year. Manchester United versus Liverpool. Now for all the Man U fans out there, this may come across as slightly sour grapes. Manchester United are the most boring team in world football. World football. (laughs) They pass sideways. One shot on target. Happened to be a goal, but my (laughs) God, if you can actually cope with watching that every week and saying that you're enjoying your team playing, you're kidding me. You are absolutely kidding me. The first thing, man, you need to do is get rid of Louis van Gaal because if they don't, they are going to slowly drift into the oblivion that Liverpool currently is in. But we have one thing going for us, a coach that actually wants to play football. Rodrigo, does he know that they lost the game? Yeah, I was going to say, how many, <laughs> how many goals did Liverpool score? <laughs> That's right. And one other thing for Jurgen Klopp. It is tempting in the January transfer window to actually want to get a striker who's fit. Please, 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 a, do not get rid of pleading. Daniel Sturridge. That's not a rant, that's pleading. Don't get rid of Daniel Sturridge. Written authorised by Warren Diego Spoken on behalf of the four Diegos. That's all. The overwhelming fish theme in the Grimsby Town Football Club logo pays homage to the town's now redundant reputation as one of Europe's leading fishing ports. 
Although the fishermen are now gone, and the fish are those that John West rejects, the mariners have continued to carry the history of the town in their crest, in the form of three fish in a trawler. Rumours that the club is proposing that an image of minimum chips, four potato cakes and two dim sims be also introduced in the logo design is yet to be confirmed, however. This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diegos. Well, thanks to Premium Sport Tours, this is the Four Diegos. Check them out at uh, www.sporttours.com.au or go to 1-800-4-SPORT, 1-800-4-77-678. If you're going overseas and you want to catch a sporting event like uh, many people we do. started your Q&A yet? Yeah, we have. We oh, have. we have? We've had two questions, oh, uh, Warren. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for joining us. It's 11.30. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Another way, I... I you know, Finnegan, the Greek fans turn on Warren, but the Liverpool fans are turning on me on the SMS machine. I do love Liverpool. Yeah, he does. And I do love yeah. Louis Garcia. I do. In a Legends game. <laughs> and uh, maybe, you know, sitting in a, in a you know, smoking a cigar or a pipe. Is he here, Louis? Is he already here? He'd be up, you know, in Terrigal. No, he, he might would, get selected be, this week. He'd be yeah. driven... He'd be being driven from some apartment in Sydney, wouldn't he? <laughs> up the coast. <laughs> He he said no, he's happy to, be, yeah. happy to be playing in the, one of the most beautiful parts yeah. of the world. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good on no, him. They'll give him a little bit of a you know. Little, and he does one of those beach huts. You know those beach huts on yeah, the, on yeah, the yeah, beach yeah, there yeah. in Terrigal. Yeah, yeah. Stevie G was a reference. <laughs> well, actually, he yeah. was. Stevie G gave gave him a well, told him how good it would be, and yeah. uh, actually took the call yeah. after he'd done the interview, and you know the. HR person goes through the, through the list and says, you know, would you employ him again? Yeah. Anyway, uh, please don't compare Luis Garcia to Del Piero. Alessandro was great for the A-League. He, he was good for the A-League. But there really, there's no legacy, is there? He was good while he was here, but he's, there's no legacy. We, we, don't, we don't see any sort of... Uh, we don't talk about him now no, he's gone. No, no, not at all. Well, he was great for the A-League. He was, I loved he was having good him for the A-League. In that year, he was great. Good. But, but you're now taking it over... A yeah, couple of it's years. all about legacy with these guys. Otherwise, they just take the money and go, and that's they're all forgotten. Mm. Dean in Crib Point says, get Gabriel uh, Batistuta yeah. and uh, Roberto Carlos. Apparently, Gabriel Batistuta is living in Perth somewhere. He has somewhere. been for a long time, yeah, hasn't no, he? Just yeah, yeah. in seclusion up there mm. somewhere. The hot topic tonight there. is, uh, are we paying too much for our kids in Victoria to play the game? 0433981116. Make sure you text us in or give us a call, 9429-1116. Let's keep going with this uh, Q&A, which Your is Q &A. fast. Yeah. Rodrigo Rodriguez's Rod Q&A. Thank you. Hey, um, on the back of, uh, there were, what, 23-odd thousand at the game uh, between, um, you know, victory and... Um, and Brisbane Raw, when they defeated them 4-0. Mm, yep. It's sold out, by the sold way. Out. Yeah. Sold out. Sold out at 23,000. Mm. Obviously, um, then it, there's the members' yeah. exchange program yeah, sure. uh, didn't work out well. No. People were locked out. Um, is Amy Park, and we talked about this on Friday yep. uh, a little bit, is Amy Park already too small for Melbourne Victory, who has just signed a 10-year deal with Eddie Had Stadium to play five games per season there? Rodrigo, it was already too small <laughs> on the plans. What, how long has it been? 10 years? No, no, maybe not that long. No, no, no eight years, eight years or so, yeah, because yeah. there was a couple of years well, into we, the A-League. We, we worked there. Um, That's right. How old's Melbourne Heart, Melbourne no, City? No, it was probably, probably three, two or three years into the A-League they, they built right. it, it was ready to be used. Um, it was too small then. It was too small when I saw the diagrams of what they were going to build. I said, well, you're going to stick 31,000 here with you know the, 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 the non-viewing areas, the media boxes, the corporate. Suddenly it was down to 27. But how often do we get 30,000 there? Yeah, but... It, you build it and they will come, No, Rodrigo. I've got a slightly different point of view to you, Carlos, and I'll say this because I've actually been through 
when the Perth Glory played Melbourne Victory, even that it's they're fully ticketed games. Okay, now we've had this thing before. They they're fully ticketed games. It once you get in and you sit in your seat. It can't be sold out because there's seats available in general admission and all sorts of areas. I, I don't think it's too big. I don't think it's, it's sorry. I don't think it's too small. <laughs> I think it's about the right size. I it's, think there's a whole the right. lot of issues around the ticketing. It doesn't. You're, you're talking about right now, and people keep on saying to me, "Oh, but Melbourne City only bring in ten, and Victory never really pack it out, except for maybe a derby or something." We're talking about a sport that's going to be there for 50, 100 years. This was always too small. In year one, we had Melbourne Victory, a team that finished second last, packing out Olympic Park to the tune of 18,000. In year two, at Etihad Stadium, had 50,000 against Sydney. They hadn't even built... Amy Park at mm. that stage, surely that was an indicator that this thing needed 40,000. We're not okay. good at infrastructure uh, in this state. We can't oh. get trains to go around bends at the moment, Carlos. So, uh, this should have been a 40,000-seater stadium. And the problem also the sport has got, and I'm not into these conspiracy theories with the AFL and stuff, that they, but I'm telling you, they're going to own the Etihad Stadium in 2025 for $1. They take it over. Now, don't you think if it's a case of playing a Western Bulldogs game against the Kangaroos and or an A-League grand final, we might want to play there, you know, if it's not organised, you know, if it was organised like last year where we didn't get ourselves organised, uh, suddenly, don't you reckon they're going to favour the AFL game ahead of a football game? You don't want to get yourself in that situation, but we will be in that situation because the AFL will, you, will, be, will own a ground that we will need to use because our, 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 our code is getting bigger and bigger and our clubs like Melbourne Victory are going to have members of 35,000, 40,000. At the moment, they're 27 now, Warren. Yeah, absolutely, 27 and, and yeah. rising. But um, as we learned on Friday night too, um, Amy Park has been built with the foundations to host 50,000 Yeah, but we, how are they going to do that? Well, well we're not architects, Carlos. Oh, I, I tell you what. They're gonna they're gonna need my dad without a permit to do something. There's no way they can build that unless they take the bubbles away. Well, they're gonna have to take the bubbles off to build. They're putting more seats. A, they're putting another level bigger on, blow, on bigger one bubbles, of the Carlos. stands at at Anfield at the moment, yeah, Carlos. While no people bubbles. are still going there's, there's there, there's no bubbles. You just take the roof off. Carlos, when when there's money, you can do anything. And, and foundations. Pro- and that is off. the problem. So two hundred. Yeah, remember, we asked the question: How much did, did they spend on yeah, Amy Park? Two fifty or two sixty-seven. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, there's no way the no. Victorian government has the appetite to, in the Not next yet. twenty years, in the next twenty years, oh, we'll, do anything about twenty years uh, upgrading. A long, that. long time uh, in politics. I'm t- no, I'm telling you, in twenty <laughs> years' time, Victory by then will have forty thousand members. They will. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and I'm no suddenly doubt. we've got a stadium. That on the weekend was sold out at twenty three thousand. The yeah. gamut of areas that you are a so called expert on, Carlos: <laughs> politics, construction, construction yep. architecture, yep. Yep. getting um, permits. Yep. Just amazing. <laughs> I mean, it, just incredible. Yeah, yeah. The simple fact uh, of the matter just, is, it's a gift. I'm sorry. It was built for what was seemingly the uh, a needed capacity. Uh, if you remember, I know you got a short term memory <laughs> problem. <laughs> yes. Problem. I said, "What the hell?" This is eight years ago. I said. Yeah. On air. Can we find that audio? Anyway. Uh, Andy Marr. Mari said to me on the Mari. show yesterday. Mari. 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 One Mari show. Said to you, me one and, show. Me and Mari. <laughs> yeah. 
I had a phone call he from said Mario. That, he, he, that remembered, show. he remembered me saying I that all those years ago. He goes, that. Yes, Carlos, I remember you saying it. See, he's a nice, lovely guy. He just appeases me that way. Yeah, relax, Carlos. This is off the SMS. <laughs> Amy Park is designed to be able to add a level. They will jack the bubbles up to another level. Oh, it's easy. It's easy. There you go. It's easy. <laughs> That guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about, too. <laughs> exactly. Jacking, we jack the yeah, bubbles yeah, up, no, do we? Absolutely. Get a couple of cranes, so I, lift so I, them. You know, with my knowledge of construction, anyway, I wouldn't jack. I wouldn't jack anything. I would just, I would, I'd sort of almost uh, use the helium balloons to lift. Them. <laughs> we yeah. should have done that two minutes ago, but anyway, um, let's God. move on to another topic before we go to a break. Um, Anthony Caceres, obviously the mm. Melbourne City stalwart, um, <laughs> or Manchester City stalwart. Did you know, before you go on... <laughs> no, keep going, you know the question. No, I don't. Pellegrino got asked about Anthony Caceres <laughs> at a press conference. Yeah. He got asked and about did say, him. Did he say He basically said, oh, this Kets? is... No, he, he talked about him and said, oh, <laughs> it's a corporate uh, this is what the City group do. Yeah. He might not be up to the quality, so... He's going to go out. But he actually got asked at a Man City press conference mm. about this signing, Anthony Caceres. Well, let me ask the question then. Look, obviously, we, we talked about it um, last week where we thought he will end up at Melbourne City. Um, he wasn't going to play for Manchester City. But um, clearly a good player. But um, should the other A-League clubs be up in arms or have a bit of a whinge about the fact that you know Ma- Melbourne City can do this? No. It's, no, if it's, it's in the rules, rules, it's in the rules. Well, if it's in the salary cap. Look, if they should fix it, they should fix it. But there's no reason. I mean, Tony Pinata got on Twitter the other night and Ernie Merrick had a crack yesterday, I think, uh, at you know Melbourne City. Melbourne City just knows the rules and they're operating within the rules. Good yep. on them. It should be, by the way, the loopholes should be fixed by next season because <laughs> I think it, if they continue to allow this to happen, uh, it really does circumvent the whole tr- non-transfer uh, issues that are in the A-League or that were set up for the A-League to make it more even and, and make sure there's no transfers. The other issue is, I know David DeVuta came out and said that he would like to see a return of the transfer fees between clubs. Uh, I don't think you'll get that from the PFA. You, I think you've got to get buy-in from the PFA. And they were the, instrumental in abolishing transfer well, fees in Australia. Tra- it, it, yeah. it restricts trade, it, that's Carlos. Right. So you can manipulate and the I'll situation. Tell what, I'll tell you what, if uh, the world body wanted to take that to CAS... You know, the Court of Arbitration for Sport, yep. the, the restraint of trade, the work, the workplace, the free movement through work, mm-hmm. the, you know, the European uh, laws around work and stuff like that. Um, I, you know, they would not only uh, dismantle the transfer system, but any other restrictions. They're talking about players moving at any time during a season. Yeah, I'm not comfortably satisfied yeah. by that, Carl. Well, I mean, t- Thief Pro, I'll tell you what, that's something that uh, <laughs> Brendan Schwab and the boys at Thief Pro. Yep. would really, really, uh, it's a top of their list to dismantle. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Anyway, just before we go to a break, I'll ask another one, boys. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Melbourne Victory have to cut their foreign players. Mm-hmm. Uh, When's from, that? Well, very, very soon, actually. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Um, imminent. Yeah, um, apparently they, it was only towards the end of this month, but apparently they can get an extension. Right. Weren't they looking to sign... And a- weren't they yeah, looking that, at possibly no, signing an Asian yeah, player? Doesn't pl- that assist them? No, not no. It assists them as far as having an extra player. Uh, that's but an Asian player. In terms but of nothing their... about the foreigners. I mean, you still got to get pick three of the five. Yep. And apparently, all of them want to play. <laughs> like all three, all five of them. I thought maybe one of them would say, "Oh yeah, I'll take a rest. Yep. I don't want to be travelling through Asia." And but apparently, they all want to play. So it's a real decision for Kevin Musket. Anyway, moment. so which two foreigners should uh, Kevin Musket cut 
from the victory squad for the ACL. Well, well we're, talking, we're talking about Ben Calfalar yeah, suddenly Calfala. back in form. Yeah, well, Finkler, Ben Calfalar, Del, Del Pierre, Barbarousis, uh, and Barisha. Barisha, yep. Barisha you've got to keep. Yep. Okay. And I would have thought Del Barbaru- Pierre. Barbarousis, you've got to keep. Don't you? Of course, look, you've got I to would keep have thought Barbara. Del He's on fire. He's on quick. fire at the moment. I would Barbarisa. have thought Del Pierre and Barisha are you two, and then why Del Pierre? Well, Ooh. I suppose the one thing you were probably right. Now that Nick Ansell is back playing, it just depends on do they believe they're going to be able to be defensively capable against the teams they're playing. They're in a pretty tough group. They're playing some good sides, but maybe the best form of defence. Is attack. Oh, there's no way that Kevin Muscat will sit back and absorb. He just that's not the way they've I've never seen them sit back and, and park the bus. So maybe so you that, do need to go for yeah, attacking I, I, players. I don't know whether Del Pierre's the one because of his age and the fact that they're saying it's his last year, they might want to nurse him through, you know, may look after him yeah, and, yep. and not put too much load on him going into the finals. But I think Barisha and Barbaros are no brainers. So you've got to decide between Finkler and Ben and Ben Kalfala. Because I think Del Pierre's one that you could rest. And how how important has Finkler been since he's been fit over the last well, he couple hasn't of weeks? Been as, he last hasn't, couple of weeks, I'm like, talking about. By, without... the time, by the time they have to make this decision, he'll be cherry ripe then. Hmm. Uh, so it's a tough one. Ben Kalfala, I tell you what, you wouldn't want him around the club oh, if he, he's not picked. He'll crack it. <laughs> he doesn't like getting <laughs> He has dragged. got an angry face, hasn't he? Yeah, I'd be oh, a bit scared. I think Kev would actually fear one-on-one, yeah. well, on one, dark room. Well, there'd be a, a worry that uh, someone like Finkler, uh, who's been at the club for a little while now, yeah. and shown year. loyalty, um, you know, would he leave? You know, um, there, there is a bit of a rumour um, on uh, on the morning show, uh, Morning Glory's Grapevine. Mm. Uh, Frank uh, Francis Leach talked about uh, a rumour going around that uh, there'd be some unhappy chappies in yes. that change room if uh, if if the ones uh, if if anyone misses out. Put it that way, and, they, and two have to. So very interesting stuff. We're getting some interesting text messages about Amy Park, um, <laughs> Carlos. It's well documented that it's cheaper to build a new stadium than redo Amy Park because of the roof. Absolutely. There you go. One for you there. So let's let's take a break one. now and come back with more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. I've had teams before that if you told them to go the back door, they left the gym. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diego's. Yes, we're here on a Wednesday night with thanks to Premium Sport Tours. Uh, go to sporttours.com.au, check out their wonderful packages and great tours they've got. They've got a tour to the Monaco Formula One Grand Prix at the moment. So if you want to get on a tour there in beautiful Monaco. Um, you can have a boat on the... Absolutely. Mark Webber I'm was sure. in Leighton Hewitt's box last night talking about Monaco. He won at Monaco. Well, there you go. There you go. Go to the website, sporttours.com.au, 1-800-4-SPORT. We're now crossing to The Sun, a newspaper in the UK, and our man on the ground there, Mike McGrath. G'day, Mike. Hi, guys. Yes, it's Rodrigo. You've got Warren and Carlos now. Bit of, uh, bit of uh, transfer news uh, happening. Daniel Sturridge from Liverpool. There's... Um, there's some talk that he might be going to West Ham. Are there legs in that story? I, I don't. I can't see it. I can't see it passing a medical. Basically, <laughs> he hasn't played for for a while. Um, I just don't. I, I, I look, if he's going to move, I think he'll be the summer. That that's just um, you know the info that I've got is that he that he has got a little bit more time to prove himself to Klopp. But you know it's been. Two years ago, he was our number one striker going into the World Cup, and now 
you know, you, you're thinking, is he going to start for England if we've got all our strikers uh, fit? So he needs games, he needs fitness. I, I think Liverpool's the right place for him at the moment. Um, he's, pretty, he's, he's tried nearly all the other top four teams um, uh, in previously in his career. I think he's probably just got to give it another, another go there. Mike, it's Carlos. What is the ongoing... Because it's Liverpool, I don't take any notice of Daniel Sturridge at all. But I know he hasn't been playing. Uh, is it soft tissue stuff? Is it the same injury all the time? Is a career-ending ailment he's got? What is it, Or is it just something different all the time? It, it is a combination of things. Uh, the, the back injury that he went to Boston for, you know, quite worryingly, he said that that, was, that could be a hereditary problem that he wouldn't get rid of ever. Um, but he has... He has overcome that. Um, the other, the, then he's had calf problems. Uh, I think really that, that there's an undercurrent there, though, that his managers, um, Klopp and you know, hinted that maybe he needs to play through the pain barrier a bit like other players who get themselves on the pitch when they're 80%, 75% fit. And there's just a suspicion from, from what these managers are saying that perhaps he is not one of these players who, who will get himself on the pitch um, unless he's absolutely 100%. And rarely are players like that these days. Now, Mike, Manchester United, Liverpool. I mean, I'm going to say to you now, that can't be the biggest fixture in English football anymore. <laughs> I got up in the middle of the night to watch that game. And after the Arsenal-Liverpool game, which I thought was a fantastic game of football it was just such a disappointing performance and I've got to say that you know the pragmatist in me knew that you know Van Gaal was probably going to go and be hard to break down and look to go on the counter but god they play an uninspiring brand of football and I don't know whether Manchester United fans are happy but you know it's just very different to what I've expected to see out of Manchester United teams yeah I mean I think uh, it's great for our industry because um, that game is great to write about, talk about and read about. Um, but it just seemed that it just wasn't a spectacle at all. Um, the Apple 90 minutes, it was two teams who were, I wouldn't say average teams, but they were two teams that are still finding their way, finding you know what, what type of teams they are really. Um, and, and Wayne really grabbed the winner from that. So yeah, but I still think it's a massive, it's a massive game. People are, people still talk about it, and it's still built over here. You know, the adverts for it. It still is a big game, but it's just a world away from um, two European heavyweights, two teams that you think, oh, you know, these guys could, um, these guys could really do something in the Champions League. Mike, uh, with uh, Wayne Rooney back in form, he's one shining light there at Manchester United. There is talk about Romelu uh, Lukaku. Uh, He's on fire with Everton at the moment. He's top goal scorer in the league. And there's rumours that Manchester United might be going after him, but they want £65 million for him. And the other one's uh, James uh, Rodriguez at uh, Real Madrid. Now, if, if they can pick up one or two of those players, uh, with Rooney doing really well, it could change the complexion of things at Man U, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I did a story a couple of weeks ago that the kind of feeling around Lukaku is that um, Man U are uh, not, not that 
bigger step up that he wants, which probably tells you where Man U are. <laughs> the fact that, that he, he doesn't view them in the same uh, in the same bracket as PSG or Real Madrid. Obviously, there's been a transfer embargo since. Um, so I, I don't envisage Lukaku being a. Uh, I think he's going to go abroad myself, um, and then. I think Rodriguez would be, you know, James Rodriguez would be a fantastic signing if they can get him. I don't know too much about that situation, about how he fits in with um, Ronaldo, Bale, Benzema, and uh, and how happy he is. But if they could get him, that would be a, a fantastic signing for the United. Now, Mike, I've got to say. Um... Claudio Ranieri was only after 40 points, and then I read an article saying that he wanted 77 for the season. So aspirations have certainly gone up. But I've watched them, and I watched them against Tottenham, and they found a way to get a result there. They're not going to go away, are they? They are legitimately a very, very, very competitive side who can really go deep into this title race. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that they are genuine uh, title contenders. I was start, I went to the game on Saturday at Villa Park, and I was a little bit, a little bit worried about them because I thought Mares and his penalty was really, uh, really lazy, and it was almost like once they went ahead, they kind of expected, right, we're going to win this, and Villa, you know, came back and, and got a point. So, I think, you know, amazing to say it, but their own complacency could. Uh, could be their undoing, but I think that team is absolutely fantastic. Some players there who are not headline players, players like Christian Boots, um, uh, Kante, who they got from the French League, these are very, very good players who could play at a so-called bigger team um, if they were snapped up. Mike, uh, we've got uh, an SMS uh, from Dean from Crib Point asking about who Chelsea's shopping for. You talked about Mares. There has been some uh, talk that his head's been turned by Chelsea being interested. Uh, any legs in that one? Uh, I think Mares is wanted, but Leicester have, Leicester have said that they're absolutely adamant that they're going to keep him. So I think it will be um, it will it will be very difficult to get Mares. There's a few whispers over here that Alexander Alex Tato, the um, Brazilian, might be on his way over um, to an English club, possibly Chelsea. Um, they just need some. They just need some, um, some, you know, some freshness in their squad. Hey, Mike. Um, as always, I'd like to ask you what uh, your weekend's looking like. <laughs> what is your weekend looking like? Um, oh, yeah. It was, a, it was a big decision actually where to go, but I've gone with Man U. Uh, v Southampton. Um, there's been a few rumblings over here that LBG it might this might be his last season rather than his penultimate season. All right. Um, it was a toss up between that and West Ham, Man City, but I'm, I'm going to Old Trafford. Oh, good on you, Mike, and uh, enjoy your weekend. And uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Dave. Here's Mike McGrath from The Sun. Um, always good to talk to on the Diego's. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with just a little bit more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. My centre half is so soft, he tackles with all the violence and bad intentions of Mahatma Gandhi. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diego's. And coming up after Diego's, it's All Night Appetite with uh, Darren Parkin. Uh, 
Six hours of uh, wall-to-wall sport with Darren. Hey, good luck to the Ollie Roos, of course, um, who defeated... Is it a must-win? It's definitely yeah, must a must-win. Win. They yeah. take on Jordan. Um, Ooh, Jordan. And the kickoff is 7.30 their time. Um, yep. And it's on at 3.30 a.m. this morning. That's right. Yeah, Some, or tomorrow morning. Yep. Tomorrow morning. So uh, let's hope the boys can get through. I Did think you, they were they were being pretty good. Even in the loss, they were pretty good. I watched yeah, that game. Yeah, but, yeah. So the uh, Melbourne Melbourne City take on Wellington Phoenix on uh, Monday, and the Diego's will be here with uh, I'll be at the game of um, the final whistle. You'll be at the I'll game, at the and game. then uh, Melbourne Victory versus Sydney FC on Australia Day. So until Monday night, remember Carlos. We're Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Samba Rumba and La Bamba. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there's girls with three on the head and balls at their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé.